0: amen and amen hallelujah amen Uh, turn with me to the book of exodus the book of exodus hallelujah amen exodus chapter one exodus chapter one i'll read from verse one hallelujah amen Now, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt, every man and his household came with Jacob Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, Asher, and all the souls that came out of the lions of Jacob were 70 souls. For Joseph was in Egypt already, and Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of uh, of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Underline this now in verse 10. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Let's continue reading. Lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when they are Therefore left out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. So get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them, tasmak masters, to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure city cities, Thorns and Ramses, verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, underline, verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Hallelujah and glory uh, to God. Hallelujah. It is going to be a good word. Let me take this time or this opportunity. To welcome those who are online or those uh, who are watching on a uh, YouTube, uh, welcome to our live stream. Welcome to Believers Bible Church, but also I like to welcome those um, who are listening on podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast. Um, we'll be sharing the word of God and. Uh, The subject uh, this morning, Uh, I just forgot, and I welcome my friends here also with us. Say hi so that they can hear you. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. Right. So uh, so my subject uh, this morning is sons are fueled by adversity. Hallelujah. Um, So I'll just labor on that. So we are continuing with our cap of uh, sonship. So we just want to talk from the aspect, what drives uh, the sons. Hallelujah. So sons are fueled by adversity. So the first thing I'd like to do is just to put uh, definitions in place. Let us be on the same page regarding what we are talking about. Hallelujah. Amen. So adversity, I know you... Uh, no other definitions, and that's not a key or important. What matters is the context that I'm going to put in place uh, for you right now. So adversity is misfortune or difficulty. I'm going to repeat. Adversity is misfortune or difficulty. Let's work on this uh, definition. Let's agree that when I'm referring to adversity this morning, or this day, or whenever you're going to hear this message online, is that we are talking about misfortune and difficulty. Uh, All other definitions are important, but in the context of what we're discussing, we are talking about misfortune and difficulty. The second thing that I want us to just define, uh, uh, it's also important, is fuel. Because we are saying sons are fueled by adversity, so FUEL, this is how one has to define. In the context of this, right, uh, there are various definitions for everywhere. So we, we have to have a working definition, right? That's what we are doing, amen. So a FUEL is to encourage development of or increased activity in a state or process, amen. So that's what we are going to work around. So when we are talking about FUEL, we are talking about encourage encourage development of or increased activity so it is something that's going to encourage you to be active or it's something that's going to encourage you to increase your activity or to increase your productivity or your efficiency whatever that's what I'm trying to uh, refer to when I'm talking about fueled. amen So since we have taken those two out of the way, in terms of working definition, we can get into the word. Amen. And glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, those who are watching online and listening on the podcast, uh, uh, you'll have to take out your Bible and refer to that. Amen. We are not putting up scriptures. I think it's time that we also... Open up scriptures, hallelujah, and you read and make sure that you are reading, we are reading the same Bibles, amen, hallelujah, amen, and glory to God. What habits are you cultivating? So I think uh, uh, at this stage, especially those who have been following us for quite a while, You should have your own Bible now, hallelujah, and make sure that what I'm reading, it's similar to that Bible you have, hallelujah. You can't just take the things we put on screen there and believe that it's from the Bible, amen. So check us out, hallelujah, but I'll also invite you, check me out. Check if the things I'm saying are from Scripture, I'm not afraid, hallelujah. And if they're not from Scripture, let me know. Leave it on the comment section. Say I. I heard you, but uh, it's not from scriptures. You are more than welcome to do that. Hallelujah. That's the criticism I'll take. Hallelujah. And if it's fair, I will repent and uh, amend and make sure I preach from scriptures in the future. But I believe everything is from scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And don't forget to interact with us. Comment, as I already told you. So if the message is blessing you, do share. If the message is uh, blessing you, like. Comment, say whatever that you want to say, positive stuff. Anything that's negative, it should be more about this is not from the weight. If it's from the weight, you just have to maybe adjust accordingly and repent. Hallelujah. Amen. Because the word of God will challenge you. Amen. Glory to God. Right. Let's continue there. Therefore, based on the definition I put in place, Sons are those who are encouraged to develop increased activity in a state of misfortune and difficulty. May I repeat? So sons are those who are encouraged to develop increased activity in a state of misfortune and difficulty. So when I'm referring to a son, I'm referring to a person who's encouraged who is set up already to increase activity in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of misfortune. That's a son. In other words, my working definition of a son is somebody when they find themselves in situations that are difficult, they increase their productivity. It is not their time to draw back. Hallelujah. So I think we are on the same page. Amen and glory to God. Just to go on a tangent and come back to the message. Purpose and prosperity go hand in hand. We have to understand that. Purpose and prosperity go hand in hand. They cannot be separated. Amen. We are just laying a foundation for the message. Hallelujah. Amen. So, prosperity means succeeding in difficult and adverse conditions. If we are saying somebody is prosperous, we are referring to somebody who succeeds despite the challenges, despite the misfortunes, despite the difficulties they find themselves in. They succeed. Then we call that person a prosperous Person, in other words, this is a person who succeeds in any environment. This is a person who succeeds in South Africa. This is a person who succeeds in Johannesburg. And this is a person who succeeds in Toyando. And this is a, a person who succeeds in Hallelujah. And this is the same guy or same woman who will succeed in Dar Salaam, in Tanzania. And this is the same person who will succeed in Harare. This is the same person who will succeed in New York. He will succeed in Paris, but he will also succeed in Komtubatuba or wherever, you know. So, yeah. So they are not affected by the environment they find themselves in because They carry the prosperity. (laughs) It is not the environment that carries the prosperity. They are the prosperity. So sons are those type of people. So these are people who will never go around complaining that there is no capital. These are people who are not going to go around complaining that I was born in the wrong family. Saying that where were my parents when other parents were going to the struggle. Now look at what's happening to me. My parents were not part of the uh, ruling party, for instance. Therefore, um, that's why I'm struggling. Hallelujah. So this has nothing to do with political connection. This has nothing to do with connection in high places or connection in whatsoever. This has to do with you carrying the most important connection, the connection with the father and that is why we call you a son and that's all that matters. So if you are connected to the father in heaven, you will prosper in any situation, in any environment. And this, when I'm talking about a son, it's somebody who's going to say, yes, I can see the COVID-19 but it doesn't affect me. I prosper despite COVID-19. I succeed. So those are people I'm referring to as sons. Hallelujah. For instance, you have to understand that the COVID has affected almost all of us, but some of us, we we prosper in the midst of COVID-19. Hallelujah. In fact, even churches have been affected by this. All of us, we are told to have 50 members in the church. We are all affected, but we can still prosper. We can still reach more people. We can yeah, things can grow. Hallelujah. The church can, has, can have more resources, can have more funds, can have all those things that are necessary to keep the church going, even in the midst of difficulty. So we have no excuse. Come the end of this pandemic one day and say we had to close down because of the pandemic. But I'm going to say the prosperous one, the ones who are connected to the Father, they will remain standing long after this thing has gone. Because they are prosperous people. And so it is with any business of prosperous people. So if you are working for FM and you are a prosperous person, your company must succeed because of your presence in that company. Because God has placed you in that company for a purpose. Don't be saying they're about to retrench people. Say, in this company, I'm here. And because I'm here, even if I'm a junior member of the firm, but because of my presence in this company, this company will succeed despite what's happening in the environment. That's what prosperous people do. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. I think we are, we, are, we are laying the foundation nicely. I, I, I get it yeah. Yes. So what I was trying to say really with uh, that long uh, introduction and a long speech, is that sons will flourish despite difficulties. Despite the pressure of the enemy, a son of God will flourish. Sons are people who flourish. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In other words, we shared last week just to bring a connection to this message. Sons are people that even when they are heart-pressed from all sides, they are never crushed. That's a son. Hallelujah. When you crush in situations like this, this tells us who's your daddy. Hallelujah. We have the DNA of God. The day we crush, it means God has crushed. Hallelujah. That's if you are a son of God. Hallelujah. Amen and glory to God. Amen. Mm. Oh, Jesus. So my thesis to this morning or my uh, proposition, what I want to put on the table, then we can really preach. Amen. It is that the purpose of God is greater than the purpose of the enemy. Sons are those who are called according to his purpose. You find that in Romans eight twenty-eight. I've already read the scripture from Exodus uh, chapter one. We stopped at uh, verse twelve. We will continue referring to that, so don't close it. The first thing I want to throw at you, as my first point, maybe that could be the only point, is this: the enemy is clueless in his purpose. Let me repeat. The devil is clueless. He doesn't know what he's doing. And therefore, children of God, sons of God, should not be afraid of what the enemy is plotting. The children of God should not be afraid. This time was Bambi. I hear people, but this time was Bambi. We, we are even saying, where are the prophets? prophet and the miracle workers. He's clueless. I'll tell you why. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. I'm going to read it. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. Hallelujah. Which none of the princes of this world knew. Remember, we are in a battle. We are fighting against principalities and powers and rulers in the heavenly places. The Bible says here, none of those powers, none of those principalities knew. For had they known it, for had they known it, they will not have crucified the Lord of glory. Remember all things work for good for all those who are called or those who love God. Don't forget that. So if they had known it, they will not have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, if the devil knew what he was doing, if he was clued up about his tactics and his purpose, Jesus will not have been crucified. The devil will have made sure that Jesus doesn't get crucified. This just shows you that he has failed before. He continues to fail and he fails even in 2020. He does not know what he's doing. He thinks he's distracting us by bringing viruses and pandemics and accidents and, 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 and all kinds of things that are mis- which are misfortunes to us. But what he does not know is that God has a greater plan for us. Because if he knew, he'll have stayed far away from us. Because every time he tries to touch the anointed of the Lord, he brings them closer to the peoples of God. Hallelujah. It says Exodus chapter 1, verse 10. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. These are the Egyptians we as believers we as born again people we as children of god we know what egypt represent right i'm not talking i'm not talking egypt uh, in today's term okay i'm talking it from the context of scripture that it represents the enemy of the children of israel and israel is a son of god right so we are the sons of god so when we read scripture from time to time when it refers to egypt it's referring to the enemy to the children of god right not as we know, Egypt today, okay? You have to. We have to be careful around this whole thing before you you start to hate on Egypt. Hallelujah! It's a wonderful country. If you can afford, to go on holiday. There's nothing wrong going there and pass by Jerusalem. It's okay. Hallelujah! Maybe I must do the Jerusalem challenge now. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah! Now let's let's continue. Hallelujah! So 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 now Egypt or the children of Egypt says, "Come on, let us deal wisely with them." Lest they multiply. The enemy was afraid that the sons of God, that is Israel. The Bible says in Zachariah, I called out my son Israel out of Egypt. So these are uh, Egypt. When we see Israel, we are seeing a son of God. So they saw the son of God succeeding. That is Israel. He was doing well. He was multiplying. He was flourishing. And the enemy says, aye, aye, we are in trouble. Let, listen, he says, let us deal wisely. That's the devil. He, he thinks he's wise. He says, let us deal wisely, lest they flourish. So the difficulties and the misfortunes that are happening in your life is because the devil or the enemy, he sat down in his boardroom with all his demons and cohorts. And they planned that let's deal wisely with so, and so before he destroys our kingdom. Let us deal wisely with Pastor A. Let us deal wisely with Sister Puzeleto or Brother Katleho or, or whoever, Karabelo. Let's deal wisely with this person. Let's sabotage them. Because these people are a danger to our kingdom. They planned it. Let's deal wisely with them. Hey, so so he thinks he's smart. And those who don't know who they are, yeah, they're hanging up, they've closed the Bible, say, I know, this time around there's no way out, he got us. But you don't understand the wisdom of the enemy is foolishness in the sight of God. Because if you are smart enough, he will not have brought COVID-19. I've already said it before. I'm going to repeat this pandemic or this virus. It is not from God. I've said it before. God is punishing no one, but it is from the enemy because he plotted to distract, in particular, the sons of men, the sons of God. He wanted to destabilize us, actually, and he thought he got us, but he has not gotten us. He actually has pushed us to our purpose. In other words, every time a misfortune happens in your life, I can tell you, if you are a son of God, it will get you closer and closer to your purpose. Hallelujah. While that misfortune or difficulty was designed to stop you, but it will never stop you. It actually fuels you to your purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope we are still together. So the enemy said, "Let's deal wisely with them, lest they multiply." So the issue here is your multiplication. It's you flourishing. Yeah. People who are not going to multiply. People who are not going to flourish. People who are not going to be successful. The devil, the enemy, has no interest in them. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are we still together? That is why those who don't tithe, those who don't give, those who don't go to church, those who don't care about God, they have the things that you admire, you church people. You know that. They never pray a single day. They live for 95 years and no accident, no sickness, no disease, because they are not a threat to the devil. Hallelujah. I mean, if you are doing the work of God, why should churches struggle with budget? If churches are the work of God, why they should struggle to have resources in their churches? Why should they struggle to have people attend the service? Why should we have less numbers online when you live stream if we are doing the work of God? I looked... You know, we are always on YouTube these days. And I saw this other lady that is always naked, you know. It's famous from Deben, you know her. Hallelujah. She has a show. I didn't open it, by the way. Disclaimer. You know when you're on YouTube, it suggests videos. So it's being suggested to the men of God that watch this one. Then I looked at the bottom there. I looked at the viewerships. They are way more than what we have as a church. And is God with that? Or is with us. I'm just trying to to, to show you. Hallelujah. So the the people out there in the world, they tend to have the things that we admire. They tend to look like they are successful than us in the house of God. So our things tend to look like they are struggling. Hallelujah. Are, Are you with me? But the enemy thinks he's smarter. But what he does not know, the more we see that we are struggling or we we, we have difficulties, the more we get closer to the Father. The more we want to get the anointing, the more we demand the anointing from the Father. Now, let me take a pause. I haven't started the message, but I'm going to finish before 11, hallelujah, in the next 30 minutes. Let me give you a simple tip. Hallelujah. Look at me, those who are here. And those online, if you are running this, looking aside, except those on podcast, okay? If you're on YouTube, stop what you're doing. Look at me now. I'm not going to stand up today. I'm going to sit. Let me give you a tip. If you want God to speak to you through a man of God, this is what you must do. It's very simple. Place a demand on the man of God. I'm going to repeat. I'm I'm going to repeat it. The reason, I hope this does not get me into trouble (laughs) and I pray. The reason in South Africa, we don't have visible men of God under the age of 40 or under the age of 50 at least, like who are doing extremely well, in particular from what we call the black community. In other words, like me, when we don't compare to the other men of God in in particular in America and Nigeria and maybe Ghana, those three countries, all right? Okay, maybe I must add Malawi now. <laughs> Hallelujah, but I don't think, okay. But the point is this. Nobody places a demand on a South African man of God. Hence, there's no anointing released. The anointing is only released when there's a demand. No demand, no release miss call it's only when there's a demand for miracles that miracles happen there'll be anointing for miracles only when there is a demand right for the finest sermon that the finest sermons emerge but that does not happen you know i <laughs> you delegate our responsibility to my friends from West Africa and I have no problem with them. What I'm trying to say, what you should demand from Pastor A and others just like me, you demand it from others. And no wonder you think that others are doing well. is because you have never really placed a demand. I'm challenging you, place a demand on me and see if we don't rise to the challenge. In other words, bring a notebook to church. Take notes. Let me see if I'll come with a creepy sermon next week. For real. When a preacher knows that people are listening carefully, he'll up his game. When he knows people want breakthrough, he will spend more time in prayer. He will spend more time fasting because he knows there's a need. But when he knows there's no need, it's a social club. Guess what? He comes to the social club too. So please listen to me carefully, Masalwane. Place a demand on the anointing. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter which church you are, where God has placed you, has placed you for a purpose, place a demand to that man of God, and he will rise to the occasion. I have done the same. Hallelujah. Are we together? Amen. So place a demand. Even at work, if you place a demand to your leaders, you'll begin to see them, they can rise to the occasion. Hallelujah. Are we together? Okay, those who are ladies, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. If you want a man to succeed, you know what you do. You place a demand on him. He's either going to run away or he's going to rise up. Hallelujah. And I'm not promoting this. i got a baby, Nagirata, G-Wagon. Ha! He has to rise up and get his life in order and afford the G-Wagon. Or he must ship out. There's two ways. But if there's no demand, maybe let's go taxiing and you're happy together in the taxi. Guess what? He's going to believe that there's the best. So place a demand, hallelujah, on the anointing. Place a demand on your church. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we still together? Place the demand. Hallelujah. Don't delegate it. Hallelujah. So I'm not saying don't eat from somewhere, but don't delegate. Don't delegate your father's responsibility. Hallelujah. So don't delegate my responsibility. Place a demand on me. I'm either going to run away or I'm going to rise to the occasion. And many other men of God around the country. When a demand is placed on them, they rise on the occasion. And that is why when you have conferences, it feels like there's anointing. You know why? People go there charged up already demanding, expecting. Yeah, is that the it Expecting something. I get it. So that's how it works. Hallelujah. Let's come back here. Why I was telling you this, actually, is just to say when there is a demand, there's an oversupply of the anointing. Hallelujah. When you begin to place a demand on God as a son, the father provides. Hallelujah. In that order, are we together, you place a demand on God, there will be an oversupply. Hallelujah. Most of you have never done that. KB, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge Katleho here. These are the two guys in the house, for example. If you place a demand on God from today, let's make a deal between now and the next three months. I am going to follow the word according to every single letter I will discover in your book, right? I'm going to follow every instruction your words instructs me. I'm going to do that. And in turn, I want to see a measure of grace in my life that I've never seen. Let's see if you don't emerge victorious. The problem is most of us, we have never placed a demand on God. We have never. Because the only way you place a demand, you do your part. And you say, and you? But we don't. And that is why we don't see God. I place a demand on God. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, I place a demand. I have to. I go like God. I'm not going to labor in vain here. If I'm not getting testimonies, I'm going to do one, two, three, four, and anything else you're going to add, and I'm demanding testimonies. I'm not going to preach to people, and I don't see them succeeding. It's it's a no-brainer. So all of us must place a demand. So I will place a demand on God the Father. You can place a demand on me and God also. I want to hear your word. So every time I go to Believers Bible Church, I want to hear the word of God and place a demand. Hallelujah. Amen. When I know people don't take notes, they're just looking at me. Guess what? I know you'll have forgotten afterwards. Hallelujah. But if I know you are going to check it out, it's a different story. There's a demand. Then you have to, you understand? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Puselezo bought me this wonderful chair. I must just put it today. And I'm sorry to say that. It's because we tried to stop her. Hallelujah. And he could go like, ah, It means I must preach serious. <laughs> just put a demand on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I must not. But When the service ends, I can't have an excuse. She said, Rudy, You have everything in front of you. What's your problem? That's how you place a demand. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Amen. I could quote many others. It's not only I can quote. So there's a way to place a demand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We had a young man, you know. But I also had him. And we are not seeing a breakthrough. I I, I had him and I had him. That's how you play it. I've done my part, but I'm not seeing this. But he was just not smart enough. That, like in two or three months, you know, there's there's more into this, you know. You must labor and labor. But the point is, he understood this thing. I've done my part, but I'm not. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Now, what I'm saying here, <laughs> what I'm trying to say here, Bazalwane. We will flourish anyway because the devil is clueless in his papers. Here's the thing, Bazalwani. I might not finish this message. I might just stop in the middle. The enemy intends to deal with you. If you have never heard the word, there it is. The intention of the enemy is to deal with you. at Every time. I don't know if he wakes up, you know. Apologies. But if he wakes up every morning in his agenda, good deal. But should I share the good news with you? As much as he wants to deal with you, you don't have to deal with him. It's not part of your calling. When the enemy is busy dealing with you, because he's busy, by the way, dealing with you, It means when you are free to fulfill the purpose of God. Flo, I'm telling you. When they just come to your house, everybody, there's no harassment. It's only you. When you think they have come to you alone. That is the perfect time to fulfill the purpose of God. It makes you free. I'm going to explain myself what I mean. Because it means when he's coming your way to deal with you, it frees you to do the work of God. You know why? Because then God deals with the enemy, not you. You were never called to deal with the enemy. Every time a weapon is fashioned against you, It does not prosper because God himself raises a standard. You know that when he comes against you like a flood, a standard is raised not by you, but by God. So when the enemy comes your way with all his demons, God comes his way to deal with him. In other words, you are freed. You are liberated. So deliverance comes when the enemy comes your way. You see, if the slave masters and the task masters never oppressed the children of Israel, they'll still be in Egypt today. Ah, Miss call. Let's, let's repeat. I'm saying if the Egyptians never oppressed the children of Israel, I can tell you now, all the Israelites, all the Jews will still be in Egypt today. But the oppression made the children of Israel to raise their voices to God. And that is how the God delivered. So when the enemy comes against you, what it means? It means your deliverance is near. It means your deliverance is around the corner. It means your breakthrough is here. Hallelujah. So as long as there's no enemy attacking you, it means there's no deliverance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So I know and I know. That when he comes against me, it means my deliverance is near. Hallelujah. It changes my outlook. It changes my purpose. It changes the way I look at life when he comes against me. Because I know and I know that my deliverance is here. Oh, glory to God. Amen. The shackles get loosed when you get attacked. Because... During that attack, that's when God deals with the enemy. Let's take it a little deeper. In fact, God has not called you to deal with the enemy. When he called us, it was not in the spec sheet. I must repeat, it was not in the sheet. Because why? The enemy has been dealt with on the cross of Calvary. God has never called us to answer to the enemy. God has never called us to react to the tactics of the enemy. He has never called us to do that. We don't have to focus on him. deals with him. I think I need to go to another church here. Hallelujah. because we need to be focusing on the author and the finisher. Of our faith. As we focus on him, he deals with the enemy. Let me put it this way. The biggest fraud in South Africa in particular, it's not state capture. I'll tell you what is it. I'll tell you. This will land me in hot water maybe. Or should I say cold? It's what we so call deliverance ministries. That's the biggest fraud. When you got born again, God delivered you. And it means every time you get attacked, God fights your battles. You don't fight for yourself. The battle is not against you. It's against the Lord. When the enemy comes against you, he's coming against the Lord. Understand that. So when I I focus on your school fees don't deviate focus on passing leave that one alone God will deal with it hallelujah focus on the weight or I will speak the weight I will do the things that God has called me to do hallelujah That's what you need to do, because God is with you. God will fight for you. But as soon as you pause and you want to fight for yourself, you are missing the plot. If he knew, they will not have crucified the Son of Glory. They will not. And that's why Jesus did not fight it, because he knew the way to deliverance is through the cross. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Now, Exodus 12, in conclusion. Uh, No, Exodus 1, verse 12, uh, uh, apologies there. Exodus 1, 12. A son will flourish anyway. Write that down, point number two. A son will flourish anyway. But the more they were oppressed, reading verse 12 of chapter 1, Exodus. But the more they were oppressed right? They're dealing with the children of Israel wisely. Can you see that? The more they were oppressed, right? That's the wisdom of the devil, oppression. The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. How? There's a correlation here. More of this oppression, more multiplication. The more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad, In another translation, it says the more they flourished. More oppression means or more difficulty means that whenever you can multiply, you will flourish. Hallelujah. Let me put it out this way. Hallelujah. In the last 96 days, strictly so, yeah, 96 days from 18 May, I think, or somewhere there. Hallelujah. To this point. This year. I've preached to more people than I will have under normal circumstances because the more we were oppressed because of what is happening us, we managed to multiply and reach more people. Yes. Hallelujah. I never thought i will talk to and preach to people in Spain. We do talk to people in Spain now. I'm telling you, for real, hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Yes, and some in the U.S. Yes, U.K. Yes. I'm telling you, and I'm not talking on YouTube. I'm talking on the other platforms that are real, where you don't have these naughty people who are in Johannesburg and claiming that they are in Australia, you know, but I'm talking real stuff, hallelujah. Proper analytics, what I'm trying to say, with more oppression, the more you multiply, the more you grow, the more. I can tell you now, hallelujah. And many other aspects, hallelujah. I could just give you testimony. Anyway, we are going to make a testimony day. Amen. I'm just waiting for the right spot. I'm going to testify. Mamruti is going to testify. Yes. Oh, let's Okay, okay. Yeah, right. Let's testify. And we are going to blow your minds away with our testimonies. Because our God is amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Hallelujah, that's verse 12, ne? Let's leave the last part of it. It's okay. Let's let's close the message. The more the son is oppressed, the more he prospers. The more about stories I go, oh, I can just okay, in preparation of your job, the more they sabotage you at work, the more you climb the ladder. I'm telling you. Because the more you cry unto God. And the more God sees your tears, the more he promotes you. And they never get to explain it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. As I already said, a son of God. You need to be a son. And a son of the house. In the midst of oppression, you'll experience growth. When everything is not growing around you, you grow. In all aspects, economically, socially, in all aspects, you grow. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I've already said this. The sun will flourish in the midst of opposition. The more they oppose you, the more you flourish. Hallelujah. I've told you before, let me just repeat this ministry was always opposed, even today. But guess what? We are flourishing. My heart sank a little bit. The other day I was driving on krisani Kosoweto, Krisani Drive, or Ki old porch, actually. That's how we know it. And uh, there was a big tent somewhere there that I used to see. I've always wondered what church uh, it is. And uh, three days ago, as we were passing there, the tent has been folded. It's gone. And that sank, and I quickly realized it was a big tent. And I said, look at us as a small nation, as a small group of people. We are flourishing in the midst of the pandemic. We have achieved certain things. Hallelujah! Actually, we are flourishing more than other companies. Where we are, other companies are closing down because they can't afford the rent. But we are continuing because you have to understand when you are a son, you will flourish. And I want everybody in this room and those who are listening to me, get into the boat of being a son of God and you begin to see that you will flourish despite the circumstances. Hallelujah. Place a demand on God. Place a demand on your church. Place a demand on on the pastor. Place a demand and see if you won't flourish. Hallelujah. Amen. How are we still together? Amen. Oh, Jesus. just trying to see what i skip out here right some of the most unpleasant things happened in your life because the enemy was threatened he knew he is dealing with the sun but look at you you flourished despite the enemy coming against you hallelujah they thought you won't graduate. There you are, you graduated. Yeah. They thought you'll never be promoted. There you are. They yeah. thought you'll never run a business. Yeah. There you are. They thought you'll never be a minister of the gospel. There you are. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, it sounds funny. Now quickly, just in closing, Psalm 23, verse 5. I really have to say this. I can't finish the message without it. I I love this. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. I just want to close with these wonderful words from David. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. As a son of God. There will always be enemies. And when I'm talking enemies, I'm not talking your mother, your brother, or your neighbors. I'm not into that type of gospel. I'm talking about the devil himself and demons attacking you, having all kinds of spiritual attacks in your life. I'm saying they will surround you. They will come your way. They'll want to attack you. The Bible says here, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. I'm telling you, in the presence of the devil himself, when he's coming up, God is busy preparing a table for you. So don't stress, relax, enjoy the goodness of the Lord in the midst of the enemy, in the midst of difficulties and oppression. Enjoy the table that is being prepared before you. That God is not going to move the enemy away from you. He's going to prepare it. Ah. You must understand. He comes. He's going to see you flourish. Yeah. As I'm preaching, they're not inside the building because it can't be where we are. <laughs> they are watching the same by these guys. That's how it is. Hallelujah. Why? The presence of the enemy... Might be a consistent factor in your life. Alright? You recall, but why can't Satan one But remember this, but the table will be set up despite the enemy coming after you. Yeah. The presence of the enemy does not negate the promise of God or his provision. The fact that the the enemy is coming after you, it does not change the fact that God is preparing a table for you. It means nothing. COVID-19 means nothing to the sons of God. We will become everything that God has called us to be because we are sons of God. As I'm talking, our table is being prepared. The promises of God are being prepared for us. Eyes have never seen what God has prepared for us. In fact, the Bible says it has never even entered the earth. Yes, oh, you know the scriptures. It has never entered. But we know these things. You know how I know these things? Because we have the mind of Christ. We have the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. We have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. In other words, the presence of the enemy. All right? Listen to me. Those spiritual attacks, they don't negate the presence of God in your life. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It means even when you are surrounded by the gods of the enemy, he will be with you. Hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I heard a Nigerian preacher say, Christ Jesus in you will never give you crisis. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. So the crisis is not from him. He's going to give you into a sense. I heard a Zulu singer say, kubega, kubega gere. these guys can sing, <laughs> to ungbusi." Say, hallelujah. And I'm saying, Maga in the midst of this difficult and challenging times, our God will continue blessing us. In other words, what I just said up to this point, the presence of the enemy does not disturb what God is doing in your life. When the enemy shows up, God does not stop doing what he's doing in your life. What was prophesied over your life, January, What was prophesied over your life last year or 10 years ago, it's not going to stop today because the enemy decided to show up. What God said stands. What God has started to do in your life, He'll see it into completion. Hallelujah. Hey, Hallelujah. He who promised is a faithful God. He is going to see it completed in your life. Hallelujah. You get where I'm going with the message. Hallelujah. So that is why I'm saying when these challenges and these misfortunes happen in your life, they should fuel you to greater heights and to greater glory. It is when you go like, "Mudimu now, I'm going to be even more serious. It means like now, as, as I'm talking, I said, you know what, if I've never been serious about ministry, if I've never been serious about the gospel, if I've never been serious about preaching, I will start today. Because I know that God has plans for my life. Hallelujah. If he never had plans for my life, I should not be sitting here and talking. The fact that the enemy attacks me, I know that God has a plan for my life. Hallelujah. And you have, not you have, rather, God has plans for you. Hallelujah. So the presence of the enemy does not disturb what God is doing. The presence of the enemy does not influence God's agenda in your life. Mudimunale agenda for your life. And the presence of the enemy will never influence. He'll continue preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And while the table is being prepared, you'll be anointed with oil. You'll be anointed as you eat. Uh, We could explain the technicalities of those things theologically, but I think at this stage of the sermon, it's not necessary to explain what it means. All I'm trying to say, you'll be anointed. Guess what? Because the presence of the enemy demands more anointing. Hatata your way the more mudim Because you need the anointing, you need his presence, you need his power. So the, the, the presence of the enemy, in other words, p- creates a situation in your life where there is demand for more anointing, more power. And that is why if you are going to see more power is when there is a need. That is why I started the way I started. And I'm concluding this way. That when there is a need for more power, when there is a need for more anointing, when there is a need for more presence, guess what? There will be more presence. There will be more anointing. There will be more power. I can tell you right now. Hallelujah. That is why Paul says when it comes to spiritual gifts, desire the most uh, uh, important one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah and you get you know which one is the most important one should i give it to you it's very easy the one that is needed in that particular moment like now right now if i have the gift of healing and raising people from wheelchairs none of you are on wheelchairs so there's no demand for that anointing in this place hallelujah there's a demand for something else hallelujah who hears what I'm trying to say do you hear what I'm saying hallelujah so when there is a need there will always be a spiritual gift necessary for that so when Oscar, what the enemy is bringing away, because the more the oppression the more the prosperity let's leave it there hallelujah let's stand up in other words sons are not defined by what they have lost but by the excellency of power in them in all situations. Let's just uh, pray. I think God has spoken to you. I hope you are encouraged. Hallelujah. Why I shared the way this way or taken this approach was just to come and encourage people today, really. Uh, and I hope all of you, you are encouraged here and those online and you have a different perspective now. You understand how God works, that this situation, they place a demand. Hallelujah. Amen. And ladies, I gave you the advice. I So place a demand on him. See if he can be like other guys. Stop encouraging him to be ordinary so place a demand hallelujah amen hallelujah and I've just put myself into trouble hallelujah amen and also in this church you're going to place more demands hallelujah amen yes apply the bridge until you become like other pastors Hallelujah if we're not comfortable the well and thing you're not about comfortable you understand that's how it is amen Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray now. Father, we bless your holy name.